0: The war between Russia and Ukraine entered year three over the weekend. Russia is gaining ground. Ukrainian forces have withdrawn from a village in eastern Ukraine. Joining us on Drive Time is American journalist Joe Lindsley, who is in Kharkiv. Joe, thanks for being with us so late tonight. Tell us about this withdrawal by Ukrainian troops. What happened?
1: Yesterday, I was in uh, not far from that village. Uh, I was in the, re- the Donbas region in the city of Kramatorsk, uh, pretty close to the front lines, a place that is frequently attacked. There's so much of that city has been destroyed. And, you know, as we see these headlines, and we had last week the story of uh, the, the city of Avdiivka fell, and now it's a small village. Yes, these places are very slowly falling, but I think the perspective that you see here is that Ukrainians have been held, holding the line uh, now for two years. That was what was commemorated last week. If we think about it, you know, I was in that region in the spring of 2022. And at that point, uh, almost one city in the Donbas region was falling into Russian hands every week. And the next city due to fall was Bakhmut, but it didn't. It didn't fall for about eight months. And what changed really, uh, there were several factors, but the key one was the arrival of these high Mars, the, the high mobility rocket launchers from the United States. Uh, that enabled, that gave Ukraine a whole new dynamic to really hold that line. And so I think when we hear stories of these little villages fall, which is still pretty rare, uh, it's a sign that Ukrainians are keeping the Russians away from places like Kharkiv. Ah, uh, this big city from which I'm talking to you, and by the way, at the mo- as we speak right now, uh, we are currently under air alarm. So at any moment, uh, there could be a missile hitting here, as there were last night, and 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 this city continues to be attacked. Uh, but this city, 30 miles from Russia, continues to thrive. Uh, so many people have moved back here, including women who you know lived as refugees in Spain and Germany. They've chosen to come back here. Just a few weeks ago, uh, my regular coffee shop, uh, the the block where the coffee shop is was hit by two Russian rockets. Five hours later, that shop was open hmm. in the debris serving coffee. And so wow. that's what—that's the reality I see around me here.
0: There have been a few setbacks, as you mentioned, for Ukrainian troops recently. What is going on? Why? Are they running low on troops? Is Russia sending in more troops? What's been making the difference for Russia in recent weeks?
1: In those two places we're talking about in Donbas region, uh, the Russians have been pounding these places. Uh, you know, There's been very intense battles for many months. And as we saw with Bakhmut a year ago, you know, the Russians keep pounding the city, they destroy it entirely. And, and at some point, you know, Ukrainians decide, okay, it's no longer worth defending this. We'll pull back. And so that's a lot of what Ukrainians are doing uh, in these places along the front, trying to get the Russians to keep punching and sort of you know expend as many resources as they can. Meanwhile, While Ukrainians, I mean, are are hoping that something will change in in Washington and in Berlin, especially, you know, the after two years of full scale invasion, uh, the White House still refuses to send long range weapons to Ukraine and crucially to give Ukraine permission to hit base uh, Russian military targets on Russian soil. In fact, that's the reason why the city from which I'm talking to you is so vulnerable. You know, I know that there's a lot of Republicans that don't believe in Ukraine and they don't want to support any funding. But also in the White House, they're still timid about giving Ukraine permission to hit uh, the Russian military bases, even just 50 miles from where I speak to you, uh, because they don't want Ukrainians to touch anything on Russian soil. They're only really allowed to hit the Russians on occupied Ukrainian land. Unless that gets fixed, uh, it's going to be extremely difficult to turn this around.
0: You've been in Ukraine, Joe, since the war started two years ago. Give us the story or scene that has stuck in your head the most in the last two years.
1: Last winter, Ukraine was in the Middle Ages, and everyone forgets this outside of Ukraine. The Russians successfully were uh, hitting Ukrainian infrastructure every week, and there was no heat, uh, no hot water, no electricity for many hours of the day, even in Kiev. And this is not happening this year. This is a huge victory. It's actually a failed Russian defensive. Uh, and because it, it's, it's hard to sort of report on the absence of something. Uh, but this winter is, you know, besides the occasional missile attack in many cities, uh, life can, is much more normal than it was last year. And I think that's a key story that gets missed about uh, how the Ukrainian the Russians failed to freeze the Ukrainians out. And now they're not even trying to attack Ukrainian infrastructure.
0: American journalist Joe Lindsay in Kharkiv tonight. We know it's late there. We're going to let you go. Thanks for joining us. Stay safe, Joe.
1: Thanks. I probably won't be sleeping tonight. I'm sure I think we have fireworks on the way. But (laughs) (laughs) until next time. Thank you, Michael.
0: All right. Hang in there, Joe. Thanks.